Hi everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So last Thursday the National Commission for Protection of Child Rights um filed a case against the Netflix show Bombay Begum arguing that it portrayed children um in an inappropriate way citing particularly scenes in which a 13-year-old is seen doing cocaine and um another scene in which a 13-year-old wants to take a selfie with develop her develop body parts with a boy she has a crush on uh it seems so weird to describe these things <laughs> but that's the context um ott wave yet again and in that context so in light of that um we thought that we could sort of discuss um whether children should be exposed to depictions of sex on screen and do children need to be protected from sex in the media at all this is shishti your host and to start off with it might be helpful to for us to talk about like when we first found out about sex as kids i guess hey uh this is rajvi i'm the co-producer uh, of respectfully disagree so i mean i think i found out like what sex was and stuff like pretty late in life because i'm from like a small town and uh, uh nobody really spoke about it i think there was this one girl in my tempo <laughs> like this tempo took me from to and from the school and she like had everybody gather around and she kind of like this is what i have found and i think this was in like 9th grade or something but after i found that out i i kind of looked back upon the stuff i used to do when i was a kid and i was like oh that was it um cuz i think in fourth grade i had a friend and we used to like you know <laughs> fool around but obviously didn't know at the time that it was fooling around hey this is adhi um i uh, actually found out what exactly sex is and how it's done at a very respectable 16 uh, like i think that's around the first time i was exposed to like pornography and i was like oh okay that's how it works uh oh <laughs> so like before that i was like how do these parts work like what is happening hey this is carla sorry about these beeping noises i can't uh get rid of them unfortunately um i have no recollection of the first time like i have no recollection when i sort of realized um but i do know that we had sex ed in my high school um in miami and by the time we had sex ed class where we were supposed to be you know learning about how to put on a condom and all of that like everyone had already had sex so it was sort of pointless <laughs> you know see when carla was when carla was talking i think i remember in 11th standard we had one very small chapter or maybe that was 12th standard um and uh, the teacher had anticipated how much the class will giggle when we actually come to that chapter so she had started giving us warnings and threats like two periods before to be like this is what's going to happen and i don't want a single word out of you guys pin drop silence this that and then she literally just like read the whole thing like a robot for like three pages she didn't even look up from the book while everybody else was like sniggering in um on our benches and that was it never ever did we speak about it again Oh, our teacher literally skipped over that chapter. She was like, "Oh, okay. So now, next chapter, and just it's done. Like we don't even discuss it." But okay, this is definitely on the lighter side of things. But I want to quickly discuss like the flip side of this, right? Like, so the commission, uh, the National Commission for the Protection of Child Rights. I don't know why I find it really difficult to say that, but the commission essentially said that there's a connection between the portrayal of such portrayals of children on screen and the rise in cases of abuse against them. I mean, instinctively, that sounds like a very alarmist 
commission you need to take uh, but i don't know if you have any research about that or or any quick thoughts yeah. on that so it is really weird because i don't know where they're getting like this like very declarative assertive thing that they said here um but like there's that very spotty research uh that talks about like what happens when uh teens or whatever people under 18 are exposed to sexual imagery online right so they say that earlier they are exposed it leads uh, they have sex earlier and then some studies also show that um the earlier they see this stuff the more likely they are to have casual and unprotected sex and also like high risk sex which is obviously then again unprotected and uh, putting themselves in difficult situations but i because the research is spotty here i have like a an issue with this conclusion that people have made right and this sounds like one of those terrible arguments you know like people i remember used to make about um you know those programs that hand out uh free condoms or free clean needles to drug addicts and people used to say like oh if you give them clean needles they'll just do more drugs and like there's never in any of these types of situations ever been proof that um you know that providing sort of safe alternatives and awareness and education actually leads to like changes in any behavior but even more importantly to me about this situation is it completely ignores the reality of how kids these days are seeing their first depictions of sex and so i actually haven't looked up this data recently but a few years ago when we were doing a lot of sex ed work um the global average age at which children first saw porn online was 7 okay and like that's crazy right so if you think about the fact that kids are picking up their parents phones all the time they might have older brothers or sisters or cousins around you know they have people around who they who might show them something they are kids like really young kids when they're seeing these images for the first time without any parental supervision right without anybody knowing what they're seeing and frequently they don't tell an adult caretaker what they've seen um and that is you know potentially more dangerous just in, in terms of shaping their attitudes towards sex than anything that you know teenagers on bombay bagams could possibly be doing yeah 100% agree with that carla also because when i was also doing a lot of quite a bit of extensive research on like pornography and its impact on children committing sexual like sexually violent crimes there is anecdotally i mean there's less a large scale research on it but anecdotally almost every social worker and lawyer who works with child rights has spoken about a very strong link between the two and because of a lack of sex ed younger kids uh, kind of replicate try to replicate what they see in porn but like you pointed out that is definitely not the kind of de- depiction that bombay begums is it is a bit ridiculous to go after that so yeah okay so now that we're talking about what kind of depictions can we expose uh, or should we or should we not expose children to right this is coming to the heart of like what we're trying to discuss here so do you think that it, it, it is there a difference between if a young child sees another under 18 person be sexual on screen versus if they see an adult be sexual on screen and okay you can you can make those depictions maybe the most um, like benign or like subtle as possible so they are not being exposed to any like sexual violence or sexual aggression or anything like that but does it matter who is doing the who's being sexual who's being sexualized no I mean you're talking about two depictions of sex acts one mm-hmm. involves people who are above Minor, like 18 wonderful. and one involves people who are let's say call it 
Yeah, no difference. No difference. So this is really interesting. I mean, not I seventeen. I feel like there is a difference, though. Sorry, I mean, I disagree okay. there. I feel like if you see someone who's closer to your age, you're more. And this is with my experience with kids as like co-creatures. I've never parented or semi-parented anyone, but like I feel like they treat adults almost like this separate entity that they look at with curiosity so i think that anything that adults do on screen they look at it and i'm talking about younger kids here like between 6 to 11 ish they look at it very differently but if they see someone of their age like i'm thinking florida project or in movies where there's a younger child doing something i think they'll see it as something that they could potentially do or that like a peer is doing so i feel like there is a difference i think okay we're really gonna step in it with this one hold on <laughs> I, I thought you said a young child I thought you meant like a five-year-old seeing like two 17-year-olds or two 25-year-olds. Yeah, it could be five, it could be mm. 10. I mean, it depends. Like, um, I mean, I think we'll get into it like later. But yeah, so Shishti, like what you're saying, I think is something that has been like the a majority opinion when, we, when Netflix only has like gotten to so much like trouble for like some of the past shows that they've done right uh in for example in september 2020 they released this like art house film cuties and it's about essentially a preteen girl she's 11 years old i think and she has to grow up in a world where people are hypersexualizing her um and so netflix put out a poster showing these preteen girls in like booty shots and like kind of you know standing provocatively striking a pose um, and people who had not seen the movie, they interpreted the poster as the movie being um, like movie glorifying pedophilia or celebrating this hypersexualization. But in reality, the movie was doing the complete opposite and it's a good movie. And essentially, uh, it was critiquing this hypersexualization of young girls. Um, so, I mean, but like in the movie, like there are close up shots of like these girls crotches and these girls butts. Um, and then a Texas grand jury essentially indicted Netflix and they said that this movie has no serious literary, artistic, political or scientific value. Do you guys agree with this? Um, like where do you on this debate, like where do you guys stand? Um, that do you think that something that is social commentary, but the visuals are still quite striking and could be offensive to several people? Uh, does that still have any value? So, I honestly don't know. Like, uh, for I, I think social commentaries, I think that comes down to who is consuming the social commentary because, like, I don't know. Like, for example, I remember recently I watched this show called Patrick Melrose and uh, it's, uh, it's basically the crux of that show comes down to a, a, a young boy who was violated sexually by his father. And uh, they don't ever depict what happened they just sort of state it and they just sort of create an atmosphere that's menacing that conveys the message so like i was wondering i i don't know because like for for like an adult that sort of you clearly get the message and you know something bad's happened and you're like you you can appreciate subtlety for like a child who's consuming something like this maybe something a bit more obvious might work i, I mean but then there's also the fact that do you really need to like close up do close-up shots at a child's bum or something like that because that's super weird in every context ever. Yeah, but I, I think like the way that the directors kind of like talked about this is also to kind of show the extent to which and like kind of really kind of drum it down that look at this hypersexualization. But then there's plenty of commentary within the film that 
critiques her. That doesn't make it okay in any sense. Like I think that I find myself in a very one very extreme position of this like debate where I'm like with the director and with the film. Um, in the sense that this film could literally be a visual aid for your like you to kind of sit down and kind of watch it together as a family and use it as a teachable moment almost to start a conversation about something that otherwise would be a very abstract concept to kind of uh, break down for somebody who's young. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I'm kind of in the middle of this argument because I think, like you pointed out, like the director, uh, Maimuna Dukure, like she herself is a refugee. She's based on her own experiences. She's been very, like she's spoken about how she's been sensitive and taken like the kids into confidence through the filming process. So I think this is an example of this kind of film being made from the best possible person's perspective and, and like intentions. But the problem is still, I think, like Aditi said, and just taking that a bit further, that you are subjecting the actors in your film to that kind of hypersexualization, which they might not necessarily have been aware of before, you know? So you have to have that. And I felt this way with almost every movie which revolves around a child, which I've loved, where it feels like it it puts them in a very strange and uncomfortable position. I'm also un- very uncomfortable with it from the perspective of the actors, because I wonder whether you can truly sort of consent to be memorialized that way on screen if you're 12 or 13. I mean, who knows, you know, I think you feel very differently about things when you're 35. And I don't know that it's fair to ask a 12 or 13 year old to sort of consent to that depiction. But I also think with this film in particular, Raji, what's interesting is that a child watching it would not necessarily understand the critique. Right. So I think like that's what that's the problem I have with it is that, you know, as an adult, you watch it and you understand that that the director is shoving this hypersexualization in your face just to show you how disturbing it is. But a child who would watch it wouldn't see that. Right. Like that wouldn't sink in for them. They would just see the hypersexualization and stop there. Yeah, because, I mean, nobody is like denying that obviously hypersexualization of young girls is like a huge problem. Right. And in India, there are like too many, there's too much anecdotal evidence to show that it kind of starts from within the family. Um, and uh, there's this like report uh, that's a little controversial, but it's essentially looking at uh, television, music videos, magazines, movies, video games. Um, and then they found that like the sexualization of young girls, right? Like it instills an idea in them that their worth comes from their appearance or their sex appeal. And then it obviously leads to self-image problems, anxiety, shame, eating disorders, depression, all of this later. Um, and I'm just like, it, it is definitely coming from everywhere. So I think the treatment of something like this really matters. Like, for example, you take the fashion industry, right? Um, there was this one study that looked at um, like thousands of pieces of clothing from the top retailers in the US, like Kmart and Target and this and that, wherever children go to uh, buy clothes. Um, and they found that there was clothing that was childish. For example, it had like polka dots or whatever. But at the same time, it was also sexualized. Like it was it was made in a way that was uh, accentuating the chest or the butt. Or it was made with like slinky material or leopard print or whatever. Now those kinds of ads now go on billboards. Now go in at like whatever commercials. Um, and those are not treated the same way that something of a subtle critique that you insert into a movie or a TV show like that uh, those layers are not uh, kind of translating to such commercials I'm only taking fashion industry as an example um, so 
I think maybe that's where we should kind of divert our energies to uh, more than uh, shows that are essentially just holding like a mirror to society. Like you pointed out, Rajvi, I think some of these things which are subtler but which you see more or like kids dancing to item numbers, like all children across age groups like dancing to them on weddings do that's completely okay we're fine with that as a society but somehow this is a huge problem for us you know like a movie or a tv show i think we're always targeting the wrong thing yeah i mean even even within like the media or like the whatever ott platforms there is like what about cartoons or what about uh video games right um like the the protagonist in so many video games i mean in india it is a very male dominated industry and there's like so much research about how like even like re- very rarely a girl or a woman is like the protagonist of the video game but if, if and when she is like she's very like lara crofty you know with like the short skirt and big boobs and whatever accentuations everywhere um and same with cartoons i mean right now you go back and see pokemon or some shit like matlab what are those women's bodies and what are they girls bodies and what are they wearing and how are they behaving um so i mean also the bombay begums for example has an 18 plus rating so if you're parenting well like your child child is probably not going to see that show right i mean like why should we not like think about these video games and cartoons and whatever that are actively being marketed to kids and by the way the the irony of all of these sort of restrictions is that i think what any sort of sex ed uh you know advocate says is that the more transparent you are with kids and the more you talk to them about sex and the more openly and sort of candidly you can discuss these things the healthier and safer their sexual behavior will be whereas the more you try to like cover it up not talk about it restrict access to it the more actually unhealthy the behaviors are because they go find out about it from something totally unrealistic and many times misogynistic like some of the you know porn they easily find online so i think kala that also raises like an interesting question which had come up before when both of us interpreted rajvi's question differently which is that when is the right age to kind of have that conversation a and b i think perhaps more importantly like when does the hypersexualization become a problem you know do you think that there's a difference between a 10 year old versus say a 15 year old versus a 17 year old um and does that should that affect how we perceive of uh, the hypersexualization or just the sexualization yeah like it's weird because i think there's so much taboo around like just saying the word like children and anything sex related in the same sentence right but like there are so there's so much like research about um like what sexual development means for children right and it happens literally since like a person is an infant um and uh, like it continues like to get stronger and stronger like when they're in preschool or whatever so i mean there's like this like um, like table or hierarchy that happens which is uh, in for preschool children right like they're not self conscious they're not interested in modesty so they they are they seek pleasure essentially that's why you see like you know they're like playing doctor doctor or whatever like they're playing all of these like games or maybe they're like running around naked and whatever at that point there's no concept of uh, self consciousness or even association with anything sexual like it's just like basic pleasure they want to do this they do this um and then you go to school age children right that that's like the age of like the 7 to 12 or something like that um and in terms of sexual behavior like they kind of start to understand that sexual behaviors aren't allowed and so they became they, they become a little bit more modest they engage in 
sexual behavior or behavior that adults would think is sexual um but they're hiding it from other people like they it's something that's out of, that arises out of curiosity so it could just be like kisses or cuddles or you know like things that kind of help you figure out what the uh, another person's body is and looks like i mean that's what i did when i was in fourth standard um and uh, yeah it was weird because i remember i got like like my friend's mother like came in and like found out even though at that point neither one of us thought that we were doing something that we weren't supposed to be doing um and yeah like i think i wasn't like allowed to go to her house anymore or something and it was weird because i think that was the first time that i thought oh shit like this is not acceptable um and i still like wonder to this day if there was a different more healthy way that those adults could have reacted to what we did so this reminds me of that scene from mad men i think around the later seasons when uh, the 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 daughter like don draper's daughter gets caught uh, sort of tucking herself at sleepover and then she's brought home and like the entire family is extremely ashamed of her and like betty draper's completely like what has she done like it's a very uh, 1960s lokya kahenge situation and uh, yeah like i mean you could like palpably feel second hand embarrassment for the child looking at it from like the more modern modern lens like because like it's such a normal and like eh, okay like it's happened she saw somebody cute on tv and she started touching herself it's like what people starting to explore themselves do it's fine it's normal yeah. but like the shame surrounding it was so icky and weird i think the shame is what made it worse Yeah, I would say that you know, like to your question, Shushti, to your earlier question about like what age is at which do you start talking that to them, or at what age does this shame kind of come in, right? And again, we have to understand that this is not an isolated concept, right? Like if if these children are not talking about sex, right, they're at school probably being teased about how they how girls have hair on their legs and why don't they shave anymore, or uh, they're like being uh, I don't know like scolded by a teacher about like not sitting with their legs open or how like their skirt is too short or whatever. Now all of these things also kind of like should be talked about in the context of a more a, a bigger like problem with how. their bodies will be seen and whatever so i think as soon as like those things start happening and i mean for me personally they started happening around fourth fifth standard which is when you are like 9 10 years old like that was when i was like oh, okay like i think i need to better understand all of this and why it's happening to me i mean my perspective on when you start talking to kids and when you start sort of doing um you know like parental sex education in the home is like as early as possible literally like almost from year 1 or year 2 and the key here is like finding what is age appropriate communication right i'm not saying you tell a 2 year old everything i'm saying it starts with simple concepts like explaining to a 2 year old what private parts are called like the real anatomical names for them right and not trying to like assign these silly little names for them um that people do because they don't want to say the word penis out loud or whatever it is right but it starts with sort of transparency about anatomy at that age and then obviously evolves over time to like more and more difficult concepts as and when they're developmentally ready to handle them but this idea that there's this turning point like you know suddenly when the child is 16 now we must do sex ed by then it's too late by then there's so many misconceptions that have sunk in there's by the way also so much sexual behavior that has happened without any sort of guidance about what is 
you know, about consent, about what is respectful behavior, what is healthy, that it's it's too late at that point. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think, um, like, you know, the question that we started off with, like, do children need to be protected from sex and media? Not at all. They need to be protected from sexual abuse and they need to be protected from, like, shame attached to sexual feelings, right? Like, which I think, like, we've described a lot of people, kind of a lot of kids end up growing up with that. I also think that I feel like children are kind of disadvantaged by adults' limited understanding of sex also. Uh, that in adulthood, I mean, obviously we all went through the same thing, but in adulthood, because there's so much shame and stigma involved with sex and how limited, how much in a limited way we think of like sex as very heteronormative or like, oh, penis and vagina, this, that, orgasm, uh, aggression, whatever. Um, I think that's, but it has like so uh, thousands of concepts attached to it that we all needed to know way before like consent and boundaries like i mean i remember how many people in my family i still hate because they used to barge into the door um and then like just like do this to my cheeks because i had really chubby cheeks when i was a kid and and it used to hurt right but like for them it was like oh the the stronger that we do it like the more that we are happy to see you or something whatever uh, or just like hugging without asking that if you want to be hugged like all of these things like I try to do that do that now to like whatever little sisters and brothers that I have, but um I think those are very important for people to make you understand. Also, like what about just sexuality and gender also, right? Like uh, like in schools for example, um at least the school that I was in, automatically girls and boys would be kind of be sat in like different roles. Um, have different things that we would play in games period and uh, if we talk then we like we weren't allowed to talk to each other and whatever Um, I mean all of that stuff also comes from a very predicated like uh, heteronormative situation so how do you talk to children about how there is no default sexuality or no default gender Um, I mean those also conversations need to happen quite early on I agree with that and I feel like that's why actually media can play a really interesting role because it can show you different portrayals of like sex and sexuality which are like accepting in different ways. I agree with you in theory and Shristi I'm like so pro sex ed and like I've raised my young kids this way where I try to be as like clear and direct with them as possible but yet still I have to admit that if I'm ever watching a movie with my parents and a sex scene comes on I just like grab the nearest blanket, hide under it, cringe, and just like want to fall into the earth and disappear. Why? I don't know. I come from like a super progressive, open-minded family. Like nobody has weird hangups about sex, but I can't take it. I freak out. Right. And like, even in my own house with my own kids, if I'm watching, if I'm watching like a movie or something and there's a sex scene, I'm always paranoid that one of them is going to pop out from their bedroom and I'm like, oh my God, what will they see? And I have to pause it, right? So these things to a certain extent are instinctive, even if you don't necessarily believe that they need to be completely sheltered from these depictions. Yeah, and I, mean, I think for me, like it's the, it's the littlest of things that kind of reinforce the same idea. Like I remember any time that there was like a kiss scene in any of the TV shows or movies I watched when I was growing up, my, na- my nani, my grandmother would be cooking something in the kitchen and she would look over and she would make this face like, like she would cringe, like, you know, and she would say something like hut or chi or something and she would go back to cooking. And she never asked me to change the channel or whatever, but in anticipation of her, that expression on her face, I would just change the channel before I knew something was about to happen. 
um so i think all of these things just play into each other but i had a very interesting study to share with you guys so um we're talking about exposure right and i think exposure for parents is also as important as it is for children like with this bombay begums thing right for like the cocaine thing or the selfie thing i mean peer pressure is a big thing involved in there but like if without that context for for parents to understand why somebody would might like have like start doing drugs or whatever when they are in school uh you you end up berating the child for what they did but not what caused whatever they did um so there's this there's a study that talks about how parents who watched more content with sexual imagery um had more lax ideas about the age at which they're okay with letting their kids watch the same content so like a parent who wasn't exposed uh that much would say that okay 17 is the age at which uh, you can start watching um sexual imagery online uh, but a parent who was more exposed and had watched more of this were, was like okay 14 is fine um so it also depends on like how how broad you can make your mind that's really cool and i think a very interesting way of looking at it like i i, I guess parents need to watch more content <laughs> If Indian parents had their way, they'd basically just lock every kid up in like nice little pods where all they do is study the physics and the maths and the science, and that's it. Yeah. It's like, it's the true. girls would be let out of the pod so they could uh study cooking and practice it for the while wearing a chastity belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think it's just like a complete willful ignorance of exactly what goes on in like a fourteen, fifteen-year-old's mind. Just like understand kids better, and you will know that this is not the kind of stuff you need to be regulated. Yeah, and I feel like all of this moral panic over like children's depictions or children's being need children's and children being need to protect to be protect from sex in media doesn't come from. anything to do with children's welfare but it's all about just the moral panic bit and our discomfort with sex in general and keeping that in mind let's circle back to the question so i feel like we've delivered lots of hot takes but to bring it back at the end do children need to be protected from sex in media no i don't think so uh, but obviously i mean like not like violent aggressive like like on right like i mean that's also media i guess that some some people like to consume um but not that i think if we if we look at like ott platforms and if we can especially have a very nice conversation out after watching any kind of content i think that's always very good yeah sorry even i don't have a hot take i just had a memory i remember that uh dirty dancing first came out when i was like when i was a kid and It was one of the first movies that everybody was like clamoring to see. I guess I was like at the right age, and I remember this one girl had a sleepover party, and uh, she invited all the girls in the class, and it the class became split fifty fifty because half of the parents said absolutely not, we will not allow our children to attend the sleepover where Dirty Dancing will be watched. Right? It was like part of the agenda, and the other half, including mine, were like, yeah, whatever, go have fun at the sleepover, we don't care. Right? and it was this huge like political moment in the class where the parents like took a stand and now like when you watch dirty dancing i mean it's like really pg <laughs> there is like virtually nothing in there um i think like at most they kind of kiss but like there's no i mean there's no nudity there's nothing but no i remember less dirty <laughs> yeah exactly exactly 
Um, but it was really about the parents and their their like weird moralistic takes on media than it was about like what the children were gonna lose uh, in the process of watching it. Yeah, so I think it's more about the unpacking that adults need to do on that note. <laughs> and maybe we need to discuss that and what we need to be more comfortable with so that we can educate children more and need to protect them less, right? Like, I think that's the better approach. Accurate, pretending accurate. to be, as someone who's had to do zero with parenting, it's very easy. Carla, <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh at teaching without no, I know. Not any, not any experience. The best kind of teaching on like dealing with just like at the bare minimum teach them the correct anatomical names for their parts i mean come on 